Spotify has become a staple on smartphones. It may even be the way you're listening to this podcast. Your view on the company, though, likely depends on where you sit. Users love the service, artists fret about it, and investors are somewhere in between. I'm Alex Yule. Welcome to The Readback. In this week's episode, we're joined by Barron's senior writer, Avi Saltzman, who has just written a cover story about Spotify's evolution and how it's become both a music behemoth and a relative newcomer that's struggling to find its place in the industry. Hey, Avi. Hey, Alex. Your story this week is particularly timely. Spotify's a hot stock right now. It's about a year since it went public. But really, the story about music streaming and your story goes all the way back to the late 90s. Yeah, I think the date that really sticks out for me is 1999. That's a year when most people buy their music in CDs. You know, they're paying 10 to 15 bucks at a time. And then the service comes out called Napster. Through Napster, digital recordings copied by web users can be copied by anyone else accessing the site, creating a copying frenzy. And it actually completely changes the industry almost immediately. Downloading music files isn't new, but using the web to share music files among thousands of other fans for free is not only new, it is controversial. So back then, the recorded music industry could pull in $25 billion a year. But with the rise of piracy, with the advent of iTunes, where a lot of people just bought the single instead of buying the album, so you're basically paying a buck for the song you liked instead of 15 for the whole CD, the music industry started to lose money. What happened in the mid-2000s was this guy, Daniel Eck, had an idea. How do you characterize Spotify? Is it a musical application? Is it social media? What is it? Well, it's really a music app, but we think music is the most social thing there is, so it's probably a bit of both. He's from Sweden, which is a place where there was a lot of piracy, and he started to realize that while this was an amazing service, artists were not being paid, and there was a business opportunity here. In this society that we live in, um, you know, one of the most precious commodities we have is our time. So if we make it convenient for people to do things, um, I think there's a huge market in that for pretty much everything. So he's 23 at the time, it's 2006, and he comes up with a service that people will pay for. And, you know, that's quite an audacious idea at a time when the price of music for many people was free. Yeah, for sure. But when the app went live in 2008, it did, originally in Europe, it it did really take off. So I love the lead of your story, which was Spotify saved the music industry, some thanks it is getting. Let's just step back there for a minute. How did Spotify save the music industry? I think the reason people say that it saved the music industry is that it convinced people to actually pay for music again. I think there was a long period of time after Napster launched that people were basically seeing music as a free service. Uh Uh, Spotify got people to pay in part by making it easier to access. You know, yes, you could download music, but often it took up a lot of space in your hard drive. It took a long time. And Spotify said, look, we can actually make this a better user experience and the fee won't be that big. And I think you do have this fascinating chart in your story. And if I'm reading it right, the 2001 peak for music was at $25 billion. All of it was basically physical, as you show. You fast forward to last year, back to $19 billion. Nearly half of that is now streaming. And of course, physical is 
hasn't gone away, but it's almost nothing. So that chart alone really speaks to the power of, of Spotify here and just streaming in general. Yeah, that's right. And, and even though the labels are locked in negotiations with Spotify, they will say, you know, we they obviously like the service. It obviously resuscitated an industry that was really struggling. But, you know, to be realistic, most people in the world do not pay for music. So I think it's taken off, yes, but not everywhere. And one study I saw said 38% of people still pirate music. Obviously, people listen to radio. Right. And to put it in context, how many total paying subscribers does Spotify have? About 97 million right now. That's global? That is global. Okay. So yeah. that's a pretty small slice of the and, 7 billion person population, right? Yeah. I mean, people think they're going to double their paid users over the next five years. So it's definitely going to grow. But again, you know, it's a big world. There are <laughs> a lot of smartphones out there. Yeah. And there's a ton of competition for that app on your phone, the music app. Got it. So let's talk about the artists for a second. Artists have a really mixed view of this company. I mean, if you're Drake, you're loving Spotify. You know, <laughs> you're getting enormous checks every month. The income for artists falls off pretty quick after that. I think that obviously there are a lot of players taking a cut of every check. And studies have shown that every time you stream a song, the artist gets a fraction of a penny off of that stream. I think that frustrates artists. I think obviously if you get enough streams, you make some real money. But even some artists with, you know, real followings can't seem to make a living wage off of it. And what's the company's position on this? Uh, so Daniel Eck has been pretty enthusiastic about the idea that he's democratizing this industry or at least opening it up to new talent. I think you know, the proof is going to be in the pudding. You're going to have to see a lot more, a lot bigger checks eventually. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but I think you know, that's the stated goal of the company. The question is, can the company be profitable and the artists be profitable and the music labels be profitable? You know, there's only so far that that $10 goes. I've talked to some artists who say, look, it, it's $10 is nice for the user, but if it's not supporting the artists, you know, you're really creating a problem there that you may have to raise the price. The, the company hasn't said anything about that, but, but eventually this notion that everything can be paid for with 10 bucks it may not be sustainable. Yeah. So let's talk about the investor class in Spotify for a little bit, because that's another area where I think there's a lot of ambivalence, and it's certainly an issue that you tackle in your story. So the stock has kind of been on a bit of a roller coaster ride. You talk to a lot of investors. You talk to people for the story, some big holders. What's your sense of how Wall Street is kind of thinking about Spotify these days? Yeah. So I think you have to trade it like a startup, even though it's been around for more than a decade because it doesn't have earnings. You know, usually we use earnings to value a company, but this is a company that doesn't have them right now. The debate obviously is going to be fierce when you have a company that doesn't have a steady sort of regular growing earnings base. And that's why the stock has basically gone from 100 to 200, you know, sort of back and forth. Right now it's close to 140, but that still values the company at $25 billion. And that's, you know, a pretty big stamp of approval for a company whose earnings, you know, first of all, don't exist, but have analysts now have been pushing back their estimates for when the company will actually start to make money. And last year they thought, oh, 2020, they're going to be making money. Now it's 2021, and there's a lot of disagreement about whether even that's going to happen. And you take a pretty clear stance in the story. You say that the risk is too much right now at the current price. 
Yeah, I think at the moment with the company trading for more than the whole value of the industry, and at a time it's about to go into some pretty tough negotiations with the music labels, I think that the stock does look a little pricey. I think the uncertainty here does create some risk for investors who might be very excited about the service. They might love to use it. But once you start investing in it, I think you have to look at these risks and make a realistic assumption. And let's talk about the competition a little bit. So certainly Apple is there. Apple has Apple Music. We're constantly hearing about how the two of them are fighting for users. Amazon starting to get into the notion of an ad-supported music streaming service. How worried is Spotify about this stuff? I mean, I think they're probably quite worried, but I think that they believe that they have a unique proposition. I, I think the reason that these tech giants are going to stick around is that music actually helps them sell a lot of other things. So I think for Google, it's going to help them sell ads. For Amazon, it's probably going to help them sell Alexa speakers. I mean, I think that they believe that their product business is enhanced by having tons of music on it. So you can go into any room, listen to whatever music you want. And even if they lose money on it, and I, you know, I think Tim Cook has said that he doesn't expect to make money off of Apple Music, at least in the near term. And when you're playing against a company that has more than $100 billion in cash, you got to be worried because, you know, it's not so easy for Spotify, for instance, to raise prices. Let's say it went to 15 bucks. You know, Apple Music could say, hey, we're still 10 bucks. Or, hey, we could even do it for five yeah. because they have the ability to lose money because they know that you know, having a whole library of music loaded up on an expensive phone makes that expensive phone more attractive. I, you know, I think the most bullish investor I talked to, uh, which was a guy who runs a company that basically owns the largest share of Spotify, is looking a little bit further into the future. He thinks that Spotify is going to be just totally indispensable, you know, in a few years or in a, in a couple of decades. He, he thinks Eck the CEO is going to be the most important European CEO of the next few decades. Oh, wow. I think with the understanding that Spotify will dominate almost all of audio in a certain sense, like everything you listen to on your phone, podcasts, you know, maybe they'll have a piece of audiobooks one day. That proposition means that Spotify will be able to make money in a lot of different ways, not sort of always haggling over a dollar or two with the music labels, they'll essentially be able to charge for more things. So he thinks kind of thinking about that, what they're paying record labels is missing the point right now. And you got you to have a bigger, a bigger picture of you if you're a Spotify investor. Right. The next few months, you know, could be tricky there in negotiations with record labels. Things could go one way or the other as far as a few margin points here or there. And I think investors who like the stock say, hey, look, don't obsess over one or two margin points. Think about this company as an absolutely indispensable part of your phone. And that certainly worked for early Netflix investors. Right. And you know, the, the analysts who like it say, look, this is Netflix. This is going to be Netflix in several years. You know, Obviously, the big difference, though, is Netflix owns most of its content. And uh, that, that's a huge differentiator because they don't pay someone in the same way that Spotify has to. And that, by the way, brings us to podcasts. What's Spotify doing with podcasts right now? They've made some news in the last few months. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, mostly they're spending a lot of money. Music streaming site Spotify on Wednesday said it's scooping up podcast companies Gimlet and Anchor, making its first big play into original content as it tries to become the Netflix of audio. 
They're basically saying that they're going to spend $400 million to $500 million. The entire U.S. podcast space is expected to pull in just $660 million in ad revenues in 2020 and is pretty untested when it comes to charging subscription fees. So it's really a massive play to get into this industry. So Spotify went out and spent hundreds of millions on these two big podcast companies, right? right. And that struck me as odd when it happened because podcasts are free. None of us, at least right now, pay for podcasts. So what does that tell us about how Spotify is planning to use podcasts? Are they planning to take these things kind of private and in-house? Am I going to need a Spotify subscription to listen to my favorite podcast going forward? So right now, they say that the current shows, like on Gimlet, will still be available to everyone. So you could get it if you access podcasts on other services. But they probably will end up adding more podcasts that you can only get on Spotify uh, with the notion that that will be a big draw for new subscribers. They'll have some exciting podcasts that maybe you'll buy Spotify for. I think the podcast industry is changing in a very big way right now. I think the big checks that Spotify wrote changed everything with the idea that, oh, you can make hundreds of millions of dollars at this. This is not just something where you talk about, you know, your favorite sports team anymore. Yeah. And venture capital is flowing in. I talked to the head of a company called Luminary that is creating a subscription service that will allow you to access, you know, some what they say are very high quality podcasts with stars like Trevor Noah. The question is, are they going to be able to get people to pay for podcasts if for years now we've been expecting, hey, I can get any podcast I want for free? That's, that's a great question, and I guess we'll see what happens. Avi, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks a lot, Alex. You can read Avi Saltzman's cover story on Spotify in the latest issue of Barron's, or as always on Barron's.com. This is Alex Ewell. The Readback is produced by Meta Lutzhoft. We'll return next Wednesday.